0: It's only last night that I saw a big mess here. Now it's like a Buddha hall. It's a lot of work that went into this. I really appreciate this. And it's huge. I didn't realize how big the altar is. And wait until the statues are ready, then you see.
1: Hmm. Okay, we're ready, Master. Thank you.
0: Okay. Hello, everyone. Thank you. We're on the air. I see. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, our uh, last uh, chat class uh, for, and then we start our summer for four weeks or so. So uh, I. Um, don't know what to say. Uh, except that, uh, does anyone have any questions?
1: Yes, go we'll ahead, three.
2: Thank you, Master. There's a question regarding uh, eating a uh, one meal a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily said uh, she tries to eat one meal a day, so the they can eat and i said uh, now there's uh, abundance of food does it make a difference would you please explain to us about what she said she eats uh, one meal a day by doing so she saves the, the food for the hungry ghosts to eat so she shared the food and uh, I thought there's abundance of food okay and so if I eat three meals a day do I still take away from other people's share other beings share
0: do you take what? excuse me
2: so if I eat three meals a day does Mm -hmm. that mean uh, other beings have less chance to eat
0: Yes and no. Hmm. Hmm. The reason originally that we uh, practice eating one meal a day is really for left home people. It's not for lay people at all. Uh, Lay people, if you eat one meal a day, you may get in trouble. You don't have enough nutrition, especially if you don't uh, have enough uh, Chan skills, Samadhi power. Your if you don't practice Chan at all, by the way, you know your skills are not good enough, you need nutrition. You need to replenish your energy level so that you can function. Uh, so that's why, uh, that's why uh, It's better that you eat at least two meals a day. I would focus on breakfast and lunch and very light dinner. That's what I would do, if at all. Uh, I would not go with three meals, but I would go on the third meal. Dinner is for socializing with family and friends and so forth. It's a good thing to do. Uh, But I would not do one meal a day as a lay person. Because unless you have some child skills, you get sick, okay? And so don't eat three meals or one meal a day if you're a lay person. However, if you're a level person, eating one meal a day is better for you. Because um, in our environment, especially in our systems of healing, when you eat one meal a day, naturally your body, you force your body to be very, very efficient and not waste energy. Because if you waste energy, you get hungry, okay? And you can't function anymore. Uh, and so, in our training, at first we get hungry, and then we learn to reduce our outflows. We don't get excited. We don't. Uh, we don't, uh, we conserve our energy uh, so that, um, so that it helps us build our concentration power a lot faster, a lot, a lot more, a lot more effective to build our concentration. Um, so that's the real reason why we practice one meal a day and another reason of course is that the Buddha says it's our compassion we want to. Uh, not eat after noon, because that's uh, how the Buddhas have always done this. That's how he, they became, they become Buddhas. And so, eating one meal a day is preferable for us, uh, if you want to become a Buddha. And uh, furthermore, in the afternoon, that's when you have uh, a lot of other beings who eat, like goats and so forth. Uh, so is not a good time for us to eat because when we eat in the evening, afternoon the hungry ghosts uh, they, they see us eat and they get very afflicted and they come and harass us and harm us so that's why, uh, again, one of the reason why you want to try to concentrate on eating breakfast and lunch Avoid eating dinner, for example, if possible. Okay, uh, because um, you are creating a lot of afflictions to the hungry ghosts. They are everywhere in your house, in a temple, everywhere. You're sharing space with them, so it's it's really advisable not to to shorten your dinner time and, and minimize it. Now, as far as uh, when we eat uh, three meals a day, does it mean that the ghosts and, and have uh, less to eat? No, well, not really. Because the ghosts, uh, they, the fate is that they're supposed to suffer. And even if we don't eat, they can't eat either. So it doesn't matter. The reason Master Shrema gave for eating one meal a day is that when I eat one meal a day, then I have, um, I, there's more food available for everyone else to eat. He was speaking about the less uh, strain or burden on the food supply, our food supplies. Uh, so it's not necessarily regarding hungry ghosts at all. And so no, doesn't affect it that much, uh, but uh, does it put a strain on the food supplies? A little bit, I guess. Uh, most of us, uh, even left-wing people, they, we still eat three meals a day. So, uh, so to me, that, that practice of eating one meal a day is basically an ascetic practice uh, that, um, that is conducive for a certain type of spiritual practice. It's not for everyone. For example, in our temple, uh, I encourage my, uh, my monks and nuns to eat uh, breakfast because they work so hard. They work, they get up at 4 in the morning, 3 in the morning, and they, don't, and they work uh, throughout the day, and they don't go to bed until very late at night. And it's very dangerous. You can get sick if you don't get enough nutrition. They have a lot of outflows especially when they do physical work. So I even allow them to eat breakfast, even dinner, if they're hungry. OK? Mm. In terms of spiritual practice, it's not. There are many ways to practice. Um, the reason Master Xuen our, our, my Chinese teacher, taught us because uh, very good reason, for very good reasons. Because when uh, he first brought the Dharma to this uh, country, United States, um there were a lot of uh caucasians pupils and uh they're high in desires and therefore when you cut down on the uh, the eating uh, on then it reduces the desires okay and 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 furthermore, he was trying to establish uh, the foundation for Mahayana to build upon. And I used it. I took advantage of it. And I ate one meal a day and practiced eating one meal a day. It really helps your spiritual practice tremendously. Uh, But it's only conducive to the people who really have nothing to do. Who meditate all day and live in an environment where there's very little outflows. But it's not for people in our, our trainees, our, our people in our environment. Uh, that, that our practice is not that focused on eating one meal a day, it's more on the certain uh, teaching training. So each environment is different, the times are different. He set the standards and worked well for his disciples and my generation. And I feel that it's not appropriate for, my, for your generation. Deed one meal a day right now. But in the future, I hope that we'll have a chance to build a center for Pure Land, center for Chan and so forth up in the mountains. But in the remote areas when we have a lot more land, we have a lot more space, and uh, our people can then concentrate on meditation. Mm. And I will uh, train them to teach them certain meditation uh, practices where it's more suitable for the remote areas, like my master's temples. You know, if you go to his uh, main uh, temple, the city of 10,000 Buddhas, that's two hours away from here, Uh, it's appropriate to have one meal a day kind of practice, okay? But for the temples that are in the cities like ours, it's... um, and where we do a lot of work, physical work, constructions and remodeling and so forth. Uh, and so um, gardening, and so forth. So we, we don't we, we don't necessarily uh, are, don't necessarily find I don't find it suitable for us to eat one meal a day at all. And it seems seems to work for our environment, our temples, because our disciples, I compensate forward by teaching them all the skills and do certain teaching for example that they don't have at uh, those remote places Uh, uh, so but in the future i will you know when ours we have enough manpower we have enough uh, support i will do those central uh, remote remote places cultivation centers where we have people who can focus on practicing pure and alone okay, or chanolong, or I even allow them to go into retreats where they isolate themselves for years, for months, for years, okay, and so that they can become enlightened, uh, and they can work on their spiritual powers, okay, Uh, so that we can uh, engage more and further and so forth. Uh, So there will be time for that. There will be... Requirements for that—that that we when we do it, then those people who should be doing one meal a day, because here and in the, in our temples in the big cities, um, I'm here, so I'm, I compensate for the fact they're not eating one meal a day. Okay, mm-hmm. so so in short, uh, lay people, I don't advise you to eat one meal a day. Okay, be careful. Mm-hmm. It's not that important. You eat one meal a day, as a lay person. What you do, what what's the alternative? To me, is better that you follow what we've been teaching, what we've been preaching the last uh, 16, 17 years. Meditate an hour a day to maintain your current level, current level, current samadhi, and and um, and uh, maintain your health. Uh, both physical and mental. That's important. So one hour a day is uh, you. You want to uh, commit to that. And number two, uh, you listen to the Dharma a lot. Okay, what we teach you, uh, it's available freely on the internet, on YouTube, and what what have you. Uh, and uh, why is it important? Because. Uh, that's where you're learning about a certain teaching. Okay, so the more you listen, the faster you progress. You take number one, you meditate one hour a day. Number two, listen to the Dharma constantly. And that has worked for a lot, a lot of people. Okay, uh, if you, uh, you do that, then really eating one meal a day is not that important. Eating one meal a day is, to me, another disadvantage is that I remember when I was at my master's temples, you, you are constantly trying to conserve energy, okay? So that you don't smile, you don't connect to people, so you try to put a wall between you and others. I don't like it. That's not why we're here in the cities. In the cities, we're here so that we can connect to people and build relationships and create conditions with people, not keep them away from us. Okay. Uh, so I remember you know, walking around at the, my master's temple and the face is like, like uh, stern and, you know, oh, we are cultivators, uh, you are not, and that kind of thing. I never liked it. But I didn't know any better. Hmm. Yes, three. Uh, yes, yeah, Wayne Mountain has a question. Can I oh, hear you? Hello, Master. Hello.
2: Uh, I'm, I have a general question. Could you talk about um, sudden teaching? What is it, exactly?
0: Certain teaching, to put it simply, is it, it's the teaching that a good new advisor gives you directly. So, we've been, for example, studying the Six Page Sutra, and the entire sutra I said is about certain teaching. Yeah, uh, except for the part where Fahai, the transcriber, the one who who, who recorded the sutra, um, was uh, describing things, but everything the six pagear said or did was certain teaching. Okay, so it's directed at the specific students that his disciples that you know, That's a certain teaching. And so, uh, so it is. Uh, so it is a personal instruction, you will, from the teacher to the pupil, and it takes. It's about the kinds of students that the teacher has, and the timing. So. So certain teaching is uh, a personal uh, type of teaching that's conferred upon um, in person I hope it helps sure, um. meaning that it implies that the teacher has to decide that the timing the time is ripe for the teaching to be conferred upon you. Yes, go go ahead.
1: Three. The YouTube question from Snow Wu. Hello, Master. For the Chan Meditation Center or Pure Land Center, do you already have a plan? What do we need to do to make it happen?
0: Uh... It happens when it happens. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, for you to ask, uh, but uh, fundamentally, I'm very lazy. I do it because I must, not because I want to. Oh. And uh, I've been doing all these things because no, no one else is doing it. That's so. all. I was hoping that the second paycheck, who's a real, real, real monk there, not me, would, uh, would, would uh, step up and do more because time is running out for him, time is running out for me, and I, I, it takes, uh, for example, on the average 10 years that we need to invest in each disciple. Okay in order to help you make it. On the average, it takes about 10 years. Okay. Uh, now it's a lot shorter, but still, uh, we need time. And uh, now it's shorter because we focus more on the... we are a lot more focused on a certain teaching. If, if you were to use Master Xinhua's training methodology, it takes about 10 years. That's why I look at, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, at them I say, you know, it takes you about 10 years to help pass your knowledge to someone. And it's still not enough. 10 years is a starting point. And then after that, you still need to, in- to invest. And that kind of investment there is what I'm referring to. You can build a center where you allow them to focus on their spiritual uh, practices only and so that they develop the wisdom and their spiritual power so that they can do more. Okay? And so, uh, so, so that's, uh, that's, uh, that's why I look at the process and I realize that uh, I can't wait anymore. I can't wait. I can't defer to those people anymore. Uh, because time is running out for all of us. Uh, and so that's why I'm doing this. So I prefer not to do it. So for example, this temple happened because uh, because uh, we got help to make it happen. And uh, same thing here in Northern California, we up here because we've been asked to come up here and we've been providing support to come up here to make it happen. We started in Gold Forest and we uh, decided to buy a dump uh, that no one wanted. And we bought it and uh, we turned it into a small temple. And uh, uh, And uh, the uh, Northern uh, California residents here uh, came to support the, the uh, you know, I, I, I know masses, the young abbot here he was with them He's uh with them cleaning up the place they had to wear masks before this way before Covid happened and because it's so dusty so dirty and so forth and now you go to go gold forest it's a, it's a very pleasant looking temple so and so the people start coming and then and then they they uh, they, uh, they, uh, they like it and they wanted to share it with more people mm-hmm. so my personal Objective is to invest in you, so that I pass on my knowledge to pay back my teacher's kindness, to repay, to show my gratitude for what is given to me uh, by investing in you, like they invested in me uh, unconditionally. And so I'm trying to repay their kindness, um, not because I want to become famous or have a lot of temples, a lot of disciples, I have no interest at all in those things. So, for however it's necessary, I see it as necessary for your, your generation. Your generation, I hope that you will surpass my teachers, disciples. We have, you have already. I want more and more of you to surpass them so that Mahayana, Buddhism, becomes stronger, so that more and more people can benefit from you. It's not about us. It's about when you improve and you are able to uh, become happier, and are more competent at work, uh, happier at home, uh, uh, healthier so that you live a healthy and long life, and then society has whole benefits. I came from the secular world where I feel strongly about the fact because I'm a, I am an immigrant I feel the fact I, I, feel, I believe in earning my place here in society and not just earning a place uh, but also contributing so that your children my nieces, my nephews will have a better world, a better place to live. That, to me, I feel very strongly about it. So I do what I can. Uh, so that's why, in terms of our spiritual uh, work, uh, I know there's still a lot of work left. For example, if I were to have a place like uh, my master's temple, like a, like a big place is up north, and he has, uh, I would be running it differently. I will be training people differently because they have an opportunity to really improve both in Samadhi level as well as in spiritual powers. You go higher, Samadhi level so that uh, so that you have more wisdom. You have more wisdom, meaning you can solve the bigger problems of the world, okay? And then, so the height allows you to take on much more challenging problems, okay? Which require true wisdom for you to solve those problems, because worldly people can't. Only with wisdom can you solve these types of problems. That's how you can really benefit the world, okay? And then, spiritually, uh, you need to be able to do more. You need uh, more muscles in order to carry a heavier load, and that's spiritual powers. That's why these places, these places that I have in mind, similar to my master's uh, remote places and centers of cultivation, will have both, need to develop both. Samadhi power, which is lacking. My master really never really de- uh, developed, have the system developed them that way, okay? What he has is this, which is very limited. And so to me, uh, that's why I see a need for that. I want, I've established now these, these places where, in the cities where we can benefit people. We can benefit all sorts of people, okay, at all levels, different ethnicities, different cultures, different ages. The Dharma is able to serve all of you. And we're here in the city so that it's accessible to more and more people. Okay? And in the future, when when I have more manpower, and you know, I will decide to pick and choose people that I will invest and put them in these remote places. You know, for example, Pure Land Center where people can come and live, okay, and prepare to go to the Pure Land. Or a Chan Center, they practice Chan, where their only objective is become enlightened and get to a very high, high level of enlightenment, and they develop spiritual power so they can reach out. To very far, and far away. That's what Buddhism is about. It's not what Master Chihuan accomplished so far. It's a tiny portion of what Mahayana is supposed to do. That's my vision. That's why. That's why. why for for that to happen, uh, I need more manpower, and of course, there's a lot more support I I, I would need one of my rules I have is that I do not want to owe money because it's detrimental for, for a monk to, to owe money because then the pressure of making monthly payments, mortgages and so forth is so high that it corrupts us I look at you now like I how much money I can get out of you and that, that uh, that's, uh, corrupts my mind, okay? And so that's why um, the, uh, the thing is that I know in the future people will believe in our vision and will step up and instead of investing in a school or a university, they can give us uh, on the spiritual side for the sake of humanity. Charity is for the weak. Spiritual is for some people who will say, I have done, there are a lot of people who understand the importance of doing charity work. Well, not enough people who understand the importance of investing in advancing humankind. Producing the better minds for the world. There were some, a lot of people who step up and want to do that. Yes, Way Mountain. Uh, yes, good morning, Master. I have a question in regard to, I think, our previous uh, Sixth Patriarch lecture. Can you? Uh, Tell us what the definition of a state is again. Right. Hmm. A state is uh, short for a state of mind. That's all. Whatever your mind experiences. For example, you meditate, and all of a sudden, your body is itchy. It's a state, because the mind feels itchy. It's not the body, it's the mind that we focus on. Hmm? Or you sit there, all of a sudden you say, I'm hungry. The mind is hungry. Okay? So, So, a state refers to the fact that it's something that bothers your mind, something that preoccupies your mind. So, when you meditate, often people meditate, uh, they feel more peaceful, more blissful. That's a state of mind. Or, if you were, uh, happen to be those who decide to uh, take on the challenge we ask you to do by sitting in full lotus, then uh, you experience extreme or severe discomfort. It's a state of mind as well, OK? So so when you experience, uh, you feel good, it's a state of pleasant state of mind that many people are attached to, which is undesirable. When you're attached to pleasant feelings, you're stuck. Okay? Or if you're attached to aversion to pain and discomfort, you're stuck as well. So state of minds are the state of your mind that will be detrimental to your practice if you're not careful okay so state of mind is basically where your mind is preoccupied with and and uh, f- as uh, from a spiritual practice it helps us uh, learn how to overcome it. If we learn how to overcome it, then you will make progress faster. Go ahead, way mom
3: Master, good morning. Um, I have a question. I think maybe a week or two ago, I experienced a day. I was sitting like for an hour. I experienced something I don't know new, and then the ne- the next day, I had somehow had that same experience without seat, like throughout like almost the whole day. Do you know what that was? No. Thank you.
0: Sorry, you're too vague. You have to learn to be specific. You experience a state, okay? A state could be anything. Okay, next. Three.
1: As YouTube comment from Diego Alfonso. Amitofo Master, if I look back to myself three or four years before, I've improved so much thanks to the lectures and the help of Master and all the Sangha. I strongly recommend people to listen to the lectures, as the, result, as the results will show in how we behave in our daily life. I'm so thankful with Master and the Sangha. Amitofo Master.
0: Yeah, thank you for the, com- the comment. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, there is a third step besides, uh, besides listening to the Dharma. Okay. The certain teaching means, also means that when you hear the instructions, what do you do with it? When you hear instruction, when you hear the Dharma, what are you supposed to do? Yes, three.
2: Thank you, Master. When we hear the instruction, just execute. Try our best. If I cannot do it the first time, I try it the second time, I try it a hundred times until I am able to execute it.
0: Okay. Anyone else? No one knows. You've been doing it all these years. That's just why you got this far, and you still don't know what you did, right? Yes, three. It's like you got lucky getting this call. Cho phải Rùi, you know. It means that the, the, the dog yawns, uh, and then it closes its, its mouth, and it catches a fly. <laughs> that's it. You got lucky, that's all. Yes, three.
1: Tang uh, Yun comments on YouTube. Investigate, meditate and investigate it.
0: That's Chinese. Forget Chinese. Anyone else? Do we look Chinese to you? No, we don't. You know, sort of American. (laughs) Although there's only two pale-faced people here today. (laughs) Proud pale face. Ah, he's wrong. Peter said, Denver in four. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Yeah? What's missing? What are we different from a Chinese, the Asian? Yes.
1: Thank, thank you, Master. Um, when I listen to the Dharma, and it clicks for me,
0: I make a Dharma glimpse. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Uh huh. All right, what else? This is where the Chinese, they don't stress enough this. And that's why, that's why when they no longer have a good no advisor, they don't know why it happened. Yes, Wei my own.
1: Thank
2: you, Master. Uh, in my experience, uh, when I listen to Master Dharma talk on 32, I just recognize my first thinking and I'm just tears, I say to in my mind, thank you, Master.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, unfortunately, the Koreans don't have it either. Okay, uh, don't have the Dharma. Yes, three.
1: Diego Alfonso on YouTube comments or uh, answers, you integrate it to your daily life.
0: Who said that?
1: Diego Alfonso.
0: Diego Alfonso. Okay. Here's what happens um, when you hear the Dharma, uh, the one thing that people don't pay enough attention to, especially the Chinese who listen to Master Shenhua's Dharma, for example, uh, they listen to it, and they don't realize what he did for them was to tell them what not to do. We keep on making mistakes that prevent us from making progress. We're stopping ourselves. And so, um, so what happened is that Uh, you, number three, number one, you meditate every day. To meditate every day for an hour or so, whether it's in full lotus, half lotus, no lotus, whatever, it doesn't matter, okay? Uh, Whatever you are able to do, you do one hour a day for maintenance, which you don't realize, most people don't realize, requires a lot of blessings. It's not easy. If you're able to do one hour, and if you improve if you, for you to do one hour a day, next level requires much more blessings than before. At this level here you 're able to do one hour next level for you to do one hour, it requires more blessings one more hour, one more level, one hour, even more blessings, and more blessings, more blessings. so the rule of thumb you can do one hour that you have enough you don 't have. If you cannot do one hour anymore, that means your blessings are running scarce. See that? That's what people don't realize. It's very dynamic. You don't assume that I can do one hour, all of a sudden, how come I can't do it anymore? You can't do it anymore because an hour at a high level requires more blessings, not fewer. If you have more blessings, you create more blessings, then you can improve. But you, at this level for you to improve, to do one hour, you need to have the initial capital. You understand? It's like in business. You need to invest first before you can make money. You need to have the capital, the blessings first before you can create more blessings. And this is what the Chinese don't stress enough for you. This is why people give up because they don't understand. They say, how come I used to sit for 10 hours and then now I can barely do half? It's because 10 hours low level is okay. But half an hour <laughs> high level is, is even more blessings than before. Is it clear? So, so the first thing I told you, I asked, we asked you to do sit one hour a day is for checking. Check yourself. If you can sit an hour a day, you're okay. You cannot sit an hour whether you, your dad calls and says, you know, hey, uh, 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 I'm worried about you. Are you okay? I heard you follow this cult here who has no temple. The temple has no statues. And, and, uh, and, and they give you things of worry. I think this is a trick, right? There must be a trick. Every single temple charges you for everything. We give it to you for free. There must be a trick, Right? Are you that stupid you believe in, you know, in freebies, in free lunches? Okay, anyway, so you get impediment, you get, you, you get stopped, you get obstruction because you don't have enough blessings to work at that current level. Is that clear? It's very simple, that you double check every single day and say, okay, I, I can do one hour, I'm fine, but when I can't do it anymore, I need more blessings. You are moving, okay, uh, and so the next thing is you listen to the Dharma. The Dharma is your personal instructions. You listen to, the, to Master Shenghua's Dharma. Example, he's talking to you. He said, he says, do this, do that, okay, and that's very important. And that's a certain teaching. Especially our my 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 Dharma talks are more geared to a certain teaching. Why? Because of you. Master I never felt, it's not that I know more about him, more, more than him. No, he knows more than I do, in general, but he only taught the Dharma in response to the need of his students. It's just like when you're feeding children, we're investing in you, you investing in your children. You know you love your children so dearly, and you wish you want him to have lobsters and wagyu beef and so forth. Would you give that to, to him? It's too young to appreciate it, to be able to digest it, okay? So that's why, same thing with Master He could not feed them, my generation, the people who stayed at his temples the certain teaching Dharma because they would not be able to digest it and if you listen and you and you're not able to digest it you you know they, they will lose interest they say this is not for me how come master teaches me things that really don't apply to me at all it's useless to me so that's why that's why uh, that's why the certain teachings is for from, from, from my era is different because it has to be geared toward you who are much higher level than his disciples. Okay? And number three. And uh, number three, uh, when you listen to it, you're right. You ask yourself, can I do it? Okay? Uh, what if I cannot do it What's stopping me? This is what the Chinese instruction, especially Masash Shao, is not clear. in America, this is in this hour in our times, we need to be clearer. If the instructions are for me, one listener, I say, "Oh, I'm supposed to do this." Then the real question is, why can't I? What's stopping me? What am I doing wrong that I can't execute? When you reflect. Why do I give up? Why do I quit? Why do I refuse to do this? Okay? Because you have. You will find out in order for you. Step number three is the step that helps you improve. In order for you to improve, what do you need to do? You need to make sacrifices. The more sacrifices, the quicker you improve. This is what the Chinese don't explain to you. Okay, and I'm running out of time that's why I tell you more and more specifically what to do we need to invest in you we need to have more of you out there that's my ambition if there's any ambition at all I want more of you out there in society and more of you to go back to our colony in the Pure Land. okay? I want all of you to go to the Pure Land and proudly tell yourselves, yeah, we are BLI nation, <laughs> okay? Yes, Seven. Hi, Master. On, on sudden teaching, does this only apply if we listen to the Dharma live or in person, or does this also apply to listening to past past lectures? It listen. It applies to you listening to the people who have the skill to teach the sudden Dharma. Okay. Uh, for example, I'll be blunt with you, and when I do this, I really offend a lot of people. I do it because. I choose to. It's for your sake. For example, Sien-Fa is from, from, uh, from Korea. Uh, she's right there. I knew her like five, six years ago. I was a lay person. He was shaking, crazy like this. And then, and then I, I help her so that she would not give up her spiritual practice, she wanted so badly to practice, and she was having these these uh, seizure kind of thing that terrified everyone. Her teacher said, you stop, you cannot do this anymore, cause it frightens my students away, my my uh, clients away. Uh, so I said, okay, if uh, she can't stop, I will help her, okay, uh, stop. Mm. So it's, we started back then, and she—I didn't say anything. I just helped her, and she stopped shaking, stopped doing crazy thing, uh, until for a while, and then it starts up again. Okay, uh, it started up again. So anyway, we went way back. Okay, and 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 uh, about a year ago, she came to me, and she be, finally became a uh, fully ordained nun. Okay, uh, so and, uh, and so. So she came to me and said, you know, I always wanted to join you, to receive training from you. I said, okay. So how much more time do you have? She says, I have another year. I said, how old are you? How old are you, by the way? She said, something. I said, that old? 38, Master.
3: Huh? 38. 48? (laughs)
0: 38. 68?
3: (laughs) 38, Master. 28? <laughs> 38.
0: <laughs> ah, thank you. Uh, so I said, you, can't, you won't be done in your training program for another year. So you lose one more year of your life. And I tell you what, that training program is very good. It brings you to this point here for the next year or so, I don't think it's very efficient for you. So if you want to, I allow you to come and join me so that you gain one year. OK? You save one year of your life to practice the way you want. So she came. When I did that, you don't know the Koreans. I offended so many of them, especially the monks and nuns, who says, how dare you? How dare you steal our nuns away, from, our, our trainees from us? And our, how can you be so ungrateful? We helped you to come here and we, we put up with you and what you're doing, you're causing problems in our training programs. Okay, so I knew it full well that when I did that, I will offend a lot of them. I lost a lot of friends, uh, especially her master gave me hell. Okay and, uh, and, uh, and so forth, bugged me to death, okay, and, uh, and anyway, so I was willing to pay the price, and the point here is that when she came, she joined us, people were laughing at her, my other monks and nuns and say, you know, you're so low, after all these years, you're so low, you got some training, you're so low, we have no training, but we, you know, uh, and, and, and so she used to feel feel bad. And what did she do? She practiced every day. She worked every day. She listened to Dharma every day. Okay? And now, all of a sudden, she's at the same level. In one year's time, she caught up with the other, the other uh, students, the other monks and nuns in, in Korea, and lay people in Korea. <laughs> You see, so we have to be willing to invest in you, and there's a price there's to pay, okay? It's for you. It's not about me at all, okay? So, so that's why it's in, in the same, it's in the same way. And the Master Xunhua, he invests in his disciples, my generation, differently, and I'm finding myself that, uh, that uh, because of you, I have to step it up. Not because I'm better than my master at all. I'm better than training. Because I, I learned training from the sixth patriarch, not from him. The sixth patriarch taught me. And I said, ah, oh, that's, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. Okay? But my master is far better. That's all. Way my
3: Master you said being able to sit for an hour. Um, at the beginning when I came to your temple for the first three years, I think I was able to sit for at least an hour and do chanting, recitation, whatever. Now I get to a point recently, uh, for the last week, few weeks, I don't think I was able to sit and I I there are days I couldn't I didn't sit. Uh, I couldn't do any recitation. Couldn't with any sutra. Does that mean I'm getting worse right now?
0: It probably means you get get married. Marry your boyfriend if you want to be happy. <laughs> Try that for a change to see what happens. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> three.
1: Three. Hong has a question. She's asking, is the sacrifices mean taking losses?
0: No, it's making gains. You sacrifice your children. <laughs> sacrifice your husband. So you're gaining <laughs> That's why how stupid we are, okay? Uh, you let go, uh, and you make sacrifices, meaning, meaning you take losses. Yes, Way Mountain.
2: Hi, Master. Um, I just want to mention something, uh, a situation a year or two ago when you told me to stop doing something. Um, And I'm glad I listened to you. Because uh, once I dropped it, um, I think I helped myself. I was able to to get something out of my way. So I want to thank you, Master Amitifal.
0: You're welcome. Anyone else? And finally, the certain teaching is that when I tell you to do something, try your best to do it. If you can't, that means you don't have enough blessings. Plant more blessings. Don't ever assume that you have enough blessings. And that's how you, you check yourself. I tell you to stop it, and you still Don't listen. You don't have enough blessings. It's that simple. Okay. Okay, we stop here today. Thank you.